From the Mount Smart faithful to the bandwagon supporters and everyone in between, we share a special bond. The Warriors. And who better to talk about the team we love than a bunch of nobodies? Let's go, because this is Warriors Anonymous. Yeehaw! Welcome to Warriors Anonymous. What a time to be alive, Warriors fans. <laughs> Welcome back to the Carnage. My name is Jared Cronin. We have got some stuff to talk about today. Holy moly. Let's bring in the boys. First of all, coming live from Wanganui, Spoonie Wood. Hey, bro. Kia ora whanau. Yeah, interesting game yesterday. Look forward to getting into some of the week's discussion points. There's lots to chat about. Interesting game, interesting week. There's uh, yeah, there is a bit to get on uh, get on through. But um, Daniel Fatakura, welcome along, bro. What are we uh, What are we looking at tonight, man? We are probably about to put the nails in the coffin of the 2022 Ooh. season, I believe. Ooh. As harsh as it sounds, but I think it was probably obvious that we just don't have a team or a squad that's capable of challenging for the eight. I want to be completely, completely showing up by the end of the season. But yeah, sorry to say, boys, it could be uh, building for the next year. And geez, here we thought Monty de Sos was going to be the negative <laughs> yeah, one tonight. I was going to say, Jed, they're falling off quick. <laughs> the wheels. Oh, Monty de Sos, bro. You were supposed to be ch- leading the charge on the uh, the negativity, bro. How are you going to top that? Kiora, it wasn't being negative. It was being realistic in this system. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, how, how can Warriors fan you know, feel confident judging from the last performance? So only one can keep the faith, right? I feel like you misled us a little bit as well, bro, because the previous week you'd chosen the bunnies and they got up. And this week you chose the Warriors yeah, and we were like, yeah, great. Didn't quite work that way. Anyways, we're going we're gonna to lead the healing session. Yeah, I chose my heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first mistake, bro, with these boys. Um, we're going to lead the healing session tonight with a whole bunch of cool stuff. We're going to have a look at the game. We're going to bring in a new game, which is hopefully going to be better than the game we played last week, which was hilarious, but also a little bit all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be a little bit of fun. I've got the expense account coming up. We're going to look at the Newcastle game and we're going to be doing a big interview as well uh, with Motu Tony. Cool. So uh, former yeah. warrior and now working for the NZ Rugby League. So um, some really good stuff we're going to cover, I think, in that interview. But um, first of all, let's have a look at what happened during the week before we get into the game. Because man, Ooh. last week felt like a month. Holy moly, there was so much going on. And first off, we'll throw this to you, Buddha. Uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita, our guy. Mm, our guy. The toughest man on the planet. Uh, he didn't sign his extension and it's looking likely he may go elsewhere. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. It was a big uh, big piece of news coming through as well. So there was obviously talk that the club had a um, contract extension in front of him since the start of the season and he wanted to you know, just consider his options. I think Magic Round, it was due to sit down with the club and discuss it and see how the season has gone so far and see where they were. And yeah, all reports was he decided it's not for him at this stage. I don't, I don't think it's done and dusted, but he wanted to test the open market. So yeah, can only imagine that the evaluations don't align, perhaps. And CHT kind of wants to just consider what else that the market has to offer, which would be a huge blow, I believe, just for the club. Yeah, we're struggling for players that really want to play for the jersey. Mm. And I know you obviously... You've got to think about the fit, the style, the technical aspect to the to how he plays his football. But yeah, we're just we're losing a little bit of mana, I think, in the jersey, and you've got to keep these people around. So uh, not done and dusted, I understand, but huge blow. And just on the fan pages and the comment sections across all social media, overwhelmingly 
you know, fans want to keep him in the club. So hopefully Warriors will sort that out with him. It would be a, a huge, uh, huge, huge loss. And we'd be feeling it here at the podcast as well because we've managed to interview one current player from the uh, 2022 squad. And <laughs> looks like that one player may not be coming back next year. So <laughs> we might not get any access to anyone else. But uh, Moneto, how can we maybe keep him? It's a hard one, eh? Because we've got Falkman in and Metcalf coming in next year. Then I guess he's he was assessing that where he is in the pecking order. Forgetting you also got Sean Johnson. So I guess it's about getting him to play more minutes and so forth. And where does he fit within the kind of order of the halves? And you've got Deja Anasi. So you've got five options there already. You know, I, I guess he's thinking about playing minutes. So if the Warriors can promise him in terms of the pecking order, I guess that would entice him. And if he's able to get better opportunities elsewhere, then man, I'd 100% support him on that, eh? Because yeah. he's a hell of yeah. a player, hell of a man. And um, yeah, wherever he goes, if he stays, yeah. Exactly. Uh, if he goes, someone's going to get a real good blue chip player. I don't blame him for leaving. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm, yeah. There was also another little bit of news around our roster. <laughs> and this one took immediate effect because um, I guess, unfortunately, as we were watching our game against the Rabbitohs the previous week, we didn't really quite realise at that point that it would be the last stay we'd have at the Laydown Lodge. Um, so he's, <laughs> he's gone with the immediate effect that news dropped on Friday. Everyone went bananas. Spoonie, what's the reactions, man? What's everyone thinking? I think, yeah, huge surprise. I don't think anyone saw it coming, even though the Warriors, you know, very surprised on their part, but really disheartening and a bit disappointing because he had been playing some really good footy. He was playing for a contract and for me, the way I've seen him play this whole year, he's just been seeing the effort he's been putting in. He just runs hard all through the game, putting on big shots, but keeping his temper under control. He's a couple of times he looked like he was going to snap, but he held it back. He's really been quite disciplined, putting in lots of effort. And so it's a real shame because I think the Warriors have really needed that this year. So, yeah, really disappointing. But in saying that, you know, I thought they played well in the middle considering he wasn't there on the weekend. And for me, that was a positive. You know, they could have really struggled. And I think even though BMM didn't play many minutes, when he was on the field, he started the game, he started strong, he was running hard tackling hard, I think in 25 minutes, but in that time, he did a lot of work. Hopefully he can get his motor going for a little bit longer than that. But I think guys like Jazz, heaps of effort, as we know, effort every week. So considering he was out, they did really well, and it's not where they lost the game on the weekend, I don't believe. So yes, a big loss to the team, but I don't think it's the end. And it's like you know many examples where someone steps out and the rest of the team step up and I just hope that's how we go forward. A couple of interesting theories floating around as well about Lodge in terms of his influence in the club. Uh, there was a suggestion um, that he was you know, maybe looking at trying to recruit other players to play for the Dolphins who apparently haven't signed him, as yet anyway. And also a couple of other little incidents that have been going on. So I just find it an interesting call that we got rid of a guy just, you know, straight off the bat. He must have been, I'm assuming, having a uh, a bad influence within the team, bad enough for them to ship him straight away and for us to not really have a backup plan because, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm not sure if Dynamis Louis is um, inspiring a hell of a lot of confidence in Warriors fans and the chat that's been around him. But anyways, we'll move on. We've got a few question marks, I guess, about where the club is heading in general, um, let alone on the field. Felt like we'd gone through the mill before we even got the kickoff on the weekend. But <laughs> <laughs> let's have a, a little uh, refresher. Let's get some get some positivity going, fellas. We're going to start a new game. It's called Short Balls. So basically what we're going to do every week is we're going to select a topic 
and we're going to select a way to describe it. So for this week, we're going to be describing the Warriors game against the Dragons in a song. One song to sum up the game. That's a short ball. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Oof. Spoonie, you're up, bro. You're up, Spoon. How would you describe that game against the Dragons in a song? I've got four songs. <laughs> My Warriors game summary song is by Marvin Gaye. What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? The whole game. Oh, What's going on? on? Brother, brother. Yeah, I get you. I hear that. I like that. Yeah, nice. It's a classic. Yeah. It's a classic. It's quality. Yeah. I just wish the Warriors game was a classic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Buddha, who's yours, bro? Well, I uh, had two floating around, but I thought it was – I did come in a little bit negative at the start, so I was first thinking it was boys to mend end of the road. <laughs> so I'll, say, I'll save that for when it's mathematically the end of the road as well. Classic song. But I just – I don't know. I was, you know, the game kicked off and we – you know, we had some ascendancy, but I just had this feeling that we would fade away from you. <laughs> I just say food, fade away. And what happened, you know, we just faded away in the second half as well. And it just slipped out of our grasp. Yeah, so, that's a brilliant yeah, choice, yeah. actually, being um, New Zealand Music Month as well. Great, yeah. great stuff there, bro. I like that. Very, very sort of uh, cheerful whilst also being slightly <laughs> downcast, shall we say. Uh, Monitor Sospot is yours, bro. Cisco, unleash the dragon. That's it. <laughs> I thought you were going to go song song. <laughs> He's saving that one for another day as well. Unleash, uh, yeah. Unleash the dragon, dragon, oh, dragon. <laughs> they did unleash the dragon, didn't they? Very clever. Oh, man. Nice week, boys. Nice week. Let's get into the game. We'll start with the negatives. Monitor, edge defense, discuss. Oh, that was kind of what we alluded to last week, right? Inexperienced in terms of the edge. Our centers are just, I get, you know, it's hard. Damn Pompey, <laughs> David. <laughs> and um, But I, I'm looking forward to Arthur's coming back. I do think we may have to think about Aiken. I don't know. But hey, at least uh, DWZ and Montoya uh, play pretty well at the back in terms of running up the meters and so forth. But our edge defense, Poor old Adam Pompey, man. He just chose a really inopportune time to just have a complete mere. Uh, but, you know, there was a number of things going on as well. A bunch of poor decision-making going on throughout the game. Daniel, what is your take on that, man? There was a handful of times we just made stupid football decisions, you know. In the wet conditions, you know, skip past on the outside. They give you the outside. And they give you the outside because they throw you into touch. So that happened two to three times. The whole Lomax getting out of the oh. end goal scenario as well. It was like, and I could see Arcee just held off, oh. just held him, and he just held off. And I don't know if it was fatigue, just lapse in concentration. And he got free, obviously, fucking the old scrum more from Super Rugby. <laughs> didn't help. We, you know, what's the what's the ruling on that? What is the ruling on that? Because people have been, um, been throwing up, whether it's legal or not, mm. in terms of, you know, interfering with the defenders or, or whatnot. I mean, I, I kind of thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was sort of as a spectacle. Mm. I was mm. cheering until I realised that he'd gotten into the field of play and then I was like, I was yeah. asking myself, yeah. what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And then the other thing, I, sounds a bit harsh, but Murchie makes a play on Ben Hunt as Ben Hunt's diving for the ball close to the line and and then it comes off his leg and goes out. So obviously we got the call and they captains challenged it. I was like, just let him get the ball first 
he secures position, then tackle him out. I mean, that might sound harsh and, you know, he did the battle and all the rest, but it's like just didn't have 40 IQ that ultimately turned the ball over and, you know, those little things compound, eh? So that plus a, this, the classic bunch of mistakes that end up scoring tries against us as well. So, Yeah, that first mistake from straight from the kickoff, the very first kickoff of the game by Sean Johnson, it sort of led to a bit of a mixed bag from him, Monitor. What do you think? I think in the last 30 minutes where we needed him the most is where he was lacking. He didn't show any kind of, I don't know, I can't find the word, but maybe, not, I don't want to say enthusiasm, but like when you compare him to Ben Hunt and how Ben Hunt really had picked up the energy and SJ was just running the same plays, you know, running sideways and then kind of popping the ball behind him with the forward running onto it. And it just became too predictable. So I just wish he could have and played better in the last 30 minutes. Got a song for SJ. <laughs> you got a song for SJ. Here we go. All right. Katy Perry, you're hot, then you're cold. You're yes, then you're no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I kissed a girl and I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's just not quite finding it consistency is he's uh we all know he's got the potential i just feel some of the mistakes and also some of the stuff that sj's doing a little bit out of scrambling too hard a little bit too desperate and they're really just grinding and trying but key guys are making key errors like aiken uh, sj dropped that ball and then not long after that aiken didn't clean up in the end goal that goes out you know we got good guys in the team solid not just the young fellas coming through just either lack of, I feel like there's so much lack of confidence there between them because you see teams when they're hot and they're going really well, they're just making those amazing plays. But when teams down on confidence, they just can't seem to get things together. Yeah. And I really feel like that's where they're at. And there were times like last week on the back of a couple of tries, suddenly the confidence is up, they're running harder, they're doing things that they just weren't doing when they're feeling down. And I felt like... You know, there were moments during the game, again, where they were doing things the way they should be. They're just not got that consistency and, yeah, it's tough. I've got a um, bit of a question as to why, as a team, we didn't adjust our tactics in the second half, especially because we were using Sean as the only kicking option. We got a couple of other guys in there with some pretty decent left boots on them, and we just kept giving it to Sean and kept trying to do these sort of middling high kicks, which we're just giving them a, a good twenty meter leg up to come back down the other end. But it starts to lead to a few questions, as well as if he's you know got control of the team. Nathan Brown, is he the guy for us? Steve McIver asked the question back in mm. what was it like mm. episode two yeah. of this yep. season Buddha what did you think man yeah I just made that question as well I, I, I've been monitoring the press conferences and shout out to the guy the bro who's the English guy who's giving him an absolute grilling around their lack of play and performance and he just doesn't seem to have credible answers I mean like he's dishing out the same stuff that week in week out around young blokes confidence and, and that sort of thing some guys did some good stuff and some guys didn't do so such good stuff and they last week they changed it. I just think back to those you know, all sporting codes, right? And, you know, those teams that perform well, there's accountability for their performance. They don't play well, they're going to get dropped, that kind of thing. Not a fair culture, but mm. I just don't think the playing group is responding to the way he operates really. And you look at other coaches that have come into the NRL recently and, and getting a performance out of their team. You think about Todd Payton up at the Cowboys, mm. Fitzgibbon, the Sharks, they're getting the players playing for them mm. as well. So I just question that 
big time. It's it's hard to say, and I know the club don't came out to back him as well. And he doesn't. He's not the guy out there. But yeah, it's not inspiring a lot of confidence for his fans. Eh? Hmm. Spoonie, how much more leeway do you think the club will likely give him? Yeah, it's a good question because it's hard to know what they're thinking behind the scenes, what their plans are. Of course, you know you want to aim for the top of the mountain, but they may have some milestones in place and he may be meeting those. It's hard to know from the outside to see exactly what's going on behind the scenes and, and how the club sees it happening. Is he meeting targets that you know they set? And hopefully they've got those targets and goals laid out. But in terms of the fans, it's going to be tough because at the start of the season, there were fans calling for him to be gone. And, you know, I was first one to say, mate, you've got to give this guy a chance. You know, it's still early days and you can't just turn around a team that's struggling. And it's a difficult position, especially when you're picking up a team that does have a lot of youth in it. And he does bring up points each week that we all know about, but it's just whether he can be the one to turn it around. And if he's not, who is? Where do you turn? And how many times does that turnstile go round and round and round? Obviously, they need to have a plan behind the scenes and hopefully they're working towards that. You know, I think he's done some good things. You have had key players, Curran and the likes, say that he gave him an ultimatum. So I've said this before and, you know, Curran's turned around to be awesome. But if he's only doing that with a couple of players here or there and he's not able to pull the team together, that's a, that's a much different uh, situation that we really need to be considering. But for me, he's got to see the season out. Having Lodge out and possibly even AFB with Liz Frank, foot injury, you know, there's no shortage of challenges for him. But for me, it's how the team go for the rest of the year. Mm. I, I don't expect them to be winning most of the games, to be honest. But if they can start playing consistent footy, that to me is a big, big difference. So mm. for me, I at least give him to the end of the season. And let's see if he's hitting some of the basic benchmarks that we think the team needs to be hitting for a foundation moving forward. So we're, so we're not aiming for the top of the mountain. We're just trying to get the base camp, yeah? <laughs> exactly. That'll do. I'm happy. Get us the base camp, Brownie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, put it this way. Like, I mean, Todd Payton had less mm. caliber troops in the more diff- most difficult part of the year. Mm. When COVID first hit, took over, hit rock bottom against the storm. Bellamy addressed the playing group. And look, they had a really good run at the back end of that season. A lesser known squad than we've got now. But there's a lot to be asked about getting a group of players playing for each other and, mm. and, and for the club as well. And I just don't doesn't doesn't necessarily inspire that confidence, eh? So I think that's the yeah. the big challenge you'll have with, with fans. Yeah, well we'll see if we can get some expert analysis from our guest who's coming up, Motu Tony. Uh, we'll chat to him in just a couple of moments right here on Warriors Anonymous. Welcome back to Warriors Anonymous. We are very, very excited to have a guest on tonight. A, a man who's played for the Warriors and now a man that is uh, an expert analyst seen on the Sky Sport over the weekend uh, and also now working at New Zealand Rugby League as well as the GM of High Performance. Welcome along to Motu Tony. Hey, bro. Hey, fellas. Thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, I think we're the bunch of fellas that are loyal to the bitter end eh, with the Warriors. So. We'll keep uh, we'll keep on that bandwagon. I'm sure it's going to pay off one hopefully. day <laughs> before my daughter's twenty first. Hopefully, I'm hopefully. <laughs> yeah. wow. in our lifetime. Hopefully, in our lifetime. And I'm I'm talking about the you know that trophy. Eh? It would be nice to uh, you know celebrate a parade. You know, maybe down Queen Street or somewhere around New Zealand. Eh? Oh. So one day, that's the hope. One day. Oh. 
2025. I would take that actually. Now, um, now, bro, you uh, you debuted as a 20 year old back at the beginning of the the golden era of of Warriors football. Yeah, uh, back you know early 2000s, uh, 2001 through to like you know 2004 kind of zone. Mate, what was it like being part of that? But also, we need to check one thing as well because Greg Spence, our insights guy. He wants to know if you actually scored with your very first touch in the NRL. Yeah, no, I'll take you back. And uh, um, so, yeah, 2001, I just sort of, um, I got to the Warriors sort of October 2000. And then uh, April, uh, early April, uh, just before my 20th birthday, I um, David Miles got, you know, got injured. So I found out at the, the captain's run that I was going to be playing. Um, you know, the next day was a Friday night. So, um, you know, like most debutants say, you know, couldn't sleep the night before. Um, I had visions of being carved up by Trent Barrett, who was, <laughs> you know, the opposing six. Um, <laughs> but um, I actually scored on my second second touch of the ball in that game. Yeah, so um, the, the first run I, I took was from dummy half, so... Uh, it was one of those runs where you ran the ball and I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen here. Am I going to get absolutely smashed or am I going to be all right? So uh, luckily I was all right. And then, um, you know, a couple of, I think I only got like eight minutes in my, my debut, but uh, I scored a try and made a line break. So um, I, I took the uh, the quality over quantity in terms of my debut. <laughs> Man, imagine what you could have done in 80 minutes. Holy moly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was telling the coach, but, uh, you know. <laughs> but no, it's, um, you know, it's just an awesome, just an awesome uh, occasion for myself and my family. And, you know, got to see, I guess, one of the uh, St. George players, you know, Molo make his debut, you know, against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, you know, everyone that's fortunate to, to make their NRL debut or international debut, it just brings back good memories because, you know what it feels like for yourself personally, but also your family because it's a, it's a shared achievement rather than just, just you. Absolutely. So just going from the uh, golden era, I hate to bring out the present era that we're in now, but um, in regards to the things that have happened this week, I guess, what do you think of the recruitment strategy that we've got going on at the moment? Yeah, it's a, um, you know, recruitment's always tough, mm. you know, and um you know, that's, that's one thing that hasn't changed in terms of how tough it is, you know, recruitment-wise. Mm. Um, you know, and even, you know, I guess even in that golden period that we talk about, you know, 2001, 2002 and three, it was always, you know, a tough challenge. But um, I think the thing that helped in those, in those years was, um, you know, having a, uh, a national competition. You know, the Bard Card Cup was was around then and I uh, oh, good point. I saw a um, you know someone who was involved in that you know Bardakar Cup which was run by New Zealand Rugby League at the time and they had a stat that it produced uh, 80 players that um, that played NRL or went on to play NRL Ooh, so wow. you know I think that was something that was quite strong because uh, you know I sort of came through the the Bardakar and uh, so, you know, when we played 2002, there was guys who came from the Barter Card. And in 2011, when the Warriors made their second appearance in the, in the big dance, there was, um, you know, 
guys like Simon Mannering, you know, I think um, Rapira, you know, those sort of younger guys that had come through, you know, um, the bad card. So I think the, you know, it's just getting the mix right between, you know, the local homegrown players mm-hmm. and also making the right additions to the squad, like, you know, what Kevin Campion, Ivan Cleary, Jason Deeth, you know, John Carlo, PJ Marsh, you know, adding those sort of pieces around the local guys. And, you know, it's not guaranteed success, but it was it was a uh, formula that worked, you know, in those early 2000s. Oh, cool, bro. Cool. Knowing that um, went over to the UK, became general manager for Hull FC, and you took them to the Challenge Cup, which is, a, is, which is awesome. Um, what were some of the kind of key things you thought that worked well for them to get to that point? And maybe some of the things that could maybe be implemented with the Warriors? Oh, yeah. I, um, yeah, just, you know, very fortunate that uh, I'm a big American or US, you know, US sports sort of follower. Mm-hmm. And I knew that um, obviously everybody wants to play forever, but that's not possible. But I, uh, I wasn't interested in coaching, far from it. But I, um, you know, my team, my favorite sports team of all time is the Chicago Bulls of the 90s. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I, you know, I followed that team and obviously Jerry Krause and the role he played. And, yeah. um, you know, even, you know, before that, um, you know, you've got guys like, I'm not sure if you guys heard of Bill Polian who helped put together, you know, the, the Colts in the NFL. So yep. I was quite interested in that side where um, you're not coaching, you're not playing, but you're playing a massive role behind the scenes and putting the right pieces together. Mm-hmm. So that's where my interest peaked. And uh, the thing that we did at Hall FC was, uh, and this, you know, grateful to Gary Kimball, James Luluwa'i, uh, Dane O'Hara, uh, Fred Akoi. You know, those were Kiwi guys that were at Hall FC, you know, before me in the 80s. Um, they had sort of paved the way and, you know, made it possible for that club to be connected to Kiwis. So it was a pretty simple formula. You know, um, you get guys in, that um, that can become part of the fabric of the club and, and the city. And we managed to also, uh, so we targeted Kiwis, but we also targeted guys like uh, Mark Minicello, uh, you know, guys who, fantastic players, but underrated. Mm. And we, mm. we also had a look at people that were from places like uh, Canberra, um, you know, say Melbourne, Gold Coast. You know, those were sort of the places we looked to because – uh, if you know what Hull's like, it's not the, the most attractive place. <laughs> so, um, you know, you're sort of on the outskirts of the, you know, the big city centres like um, Manchester, Leeds, Birmingham, London. So we, we wanted to sort of find uh, guys who have sort of flown under, their, flown under the radar in their careers and sort of um, add them to the local players that were at um, Hull because they had some fantastic um, junior players. So that's, you know, that's, I guess, simply the formula we try to take. And um, it was hard work. Yeah, it was hard work. Um, but the last, my last two years at, at Hull FC, you know, that was the reward, I guess. We, we won a challenge or two challenge cups back to back, 2016, 2017 oh. at Wembley. Yeah. And the, um, the 2016 win was the first time in 112 years that Hull had won at Wembley. Oh, man. So, uh, nice. yeah, it was just awesome. And, oh. 
Awesome, because bro. I wasn't a coach and I wasn't a player, you know, I was the one that partied the, the hardest and, you know, partied the least. <laughs> so, you know, I, I had the best time. But, oh, um, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, thank you. And that's what we try to do, you know, just um, add in the right, you know, overseas professionals, mm-hmm. but also, you know, bring through the local talent. Did you ever have to, like, um, do any sort of, like on, the, what is it, NFL Hard Knocks, how the, you know, they film the GM having meetings with players and, you know, cutting guys from the roster or, or, or sacking them or whatever. Did you have to do any of, uh, of that stuff during your time? Yeah, I did, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's um, it's never comfortable, eh? Never comfortable. Mm. But I think being a player helped, you know, that um, I guess all players just want, you know, whether it's a coach or a manager or whatever, they just want them to be as honest as they can. So I guess that was my approach was just trying to, you know, be honest with these players and um, and just tell them that, you know, if they weren't part of the plans, you know, why they weren't part of the plans. And, and also, you know, we had to make some tough calls. You know, some players, you know, the ones I've found the hardest were the discussions where you were letting some terrific people go, but for the benefit of the club or, you know, you might have had a younger player coming through and this older guy, you know, might have been in his, in his place. You know, you had to let them go because this young young player needed an opportunity. So it was, you know, it was letting go of people who were great men, but also had given so much to the organisation. Those were the hard conversations. How did they generally receive that? Did they were they understanding or mixed bag, depending on the person? They were, uh, yeah, I guess about ninety nine percent of the time, they were just grateful that um, you know that you had had that conversation because I know a lot of players mm. uh, and I can speak from experience. Uh, when I left the club in the UK, I had to read it in the local newspaper. You know, nobody told me, <laughs> nobody wow. told me face to face, you know, oh. that uh, the club weren't wow. keeping me and I didn't expect to be kept on, but it just, you know, just out of respect and courtesy, yeah. it would have been oh, nice for someone that, yeah, to tell me. So I guess that, that sort of experience always, sort of guided, you know, the conversations that I had with players or staff, mm. you know, mm. if we weren't keeping them on. Yeah, you could really relate to them, eh? Yeah, I could. It doesn't make it any easier. And, you know, I, I had to do it countless amount of times, but, um, but it never got easier, you know. And the only thing it sort of helped me was that, um, you know, I try to be as honest as I can and, you know, whether if they received it well, then I was thankful. But if not, at least I could say that I had, you know, try to be as honest as I could. Yeah, yeah. Motu, we were talking a bit before we kicked off um, about the golden years, taking us back when we were playing some um, fantastic footy. So you grabbed a sneaky try against the Sharks in the 2002 prelim final. Yep. They helped us send us to the Warriors' first grand final. Can you take us back to that play? Yeah, I can. I, um, yeah, it's, it's still, uh, I still, I remember quite well, actually. And uh, the reason I, I do is because the sort of uh, my involvement before that try, I had kicked the ball and, uh, you know, it was like a yardage kick and it just landed inside the field of play. So I was relieved as that, um, mm. you know, that the ball had stayed in. And then, um, you know, obviously they had the scrum and then uh, Francis Melly and I, you know, because Paul Mello, uh, he became a teammate of mine later on. And he's a big man, you know, he's a big man. But, um, you know, I could just 
you just get a sense that he's trying to pass the ball rather than get driven mm-hmm. back. And, you know, I just put my hand out there to, I guess, as reactionary. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm batting the ball down. And then I realize, geez, I've got to run. You know, the ball's in my head. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I don't think it was that far. I think it might have been 20 meters or so, but I was exhausted. And uh, <laughs> you looked when you, I, I was, you know, just, um, and it wasn't so much the run. I think it was just the, the atmosphere of the game and, yeah. and every play was crucial. You know, it's, it's 80 mm. minutes, but every play was crucial. And um, I remember scoring the try and I just wanted to enjoy the moment and catch a breath. And then I, you might see, you know, the clip in that my, I sink my head straight away. But then um, Richard Villasanti pulls me by the yeah. collar. And he's, I know. So, yeah, and he's choking me, you know, after I'm choking. So I'm like, mate. But, um, you know, Ivan says I could have made it a little bit easier for him, you know, bring it closer to the post. But he, you know, he's a, he, was a, he was a sharpshooter as a goal kicker. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he needed the practice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought you might have needed an HIA after Villa grabbed you, bro. Um, and one, and one thing that kind of wow in today's game, right? Because we stop everything down. The bunker looks at it. I was thinking, oh, did you grab the ball off him, and then it, did it go back to Paul Miller? And is it a knock on? But not in those days. Play on. Yeah, I think it was, let the game go away. Eh? Yeah, play on, and I think it might have gone backwards anyway. You know, so yes, yeah. yeah. So um, I guess it was you I know reckon. I think there's a lot of things when you watch some of the games back then. You're like, oh. Yeah. That would, you know, wouldn't be allowed now, or that would be a penalty now. So, I prefer the older, you know, the older style of league. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And we didn't obviously get the result we wanted in the grand final, but um, but look, uh, take us back to any other favourite Warriors moments that you you had, Motu. Um, you know, that debut is always you know a special one that we've discussed. Um, but I think the realization uh, in two thousand and one, we played Melbourne. Uh, in Melbourne, and I think it was a draw. We had a draw, but then we found out in Melbourne that we had made the finals for the first time. Yeah. So that was, you know, the guys were over the moon, you know, because I remember, uh, you know, the start of um, 2001, and Eric Watson had just bought the the Warriors. So, um, you know, beginning of every season, uh, you know, there's a bit of a, a sort of a, a pre-campaign sort of discussion. And we went to a theatre. It was down in Mission Bay, you know, the theatre that we went to. And uh, I remember Eric, he didn't say too much. He just walked into the, the theatre and, and he said to us as a team, make the F and A. <laughs> and that's what he said, you know. So the goal was obvious. <laughs> and um, I remember, you know, there were some big games that we had won, you know, the club, you know, beat Brisbane, you know, we beat some other teams along the way. And Eric would walk into the um, the changing room and just say, you know, 10 grand, 20 grand for the team kitty and that. And all the boys would go, you know, go crazy. <laughs> eh? But, you know, we had all this money. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was, um, I think, the realisation of making the, the top eight, uh, you know, the, the Cronulla semi-final. You know, that was, oh, that was a big one. Uh, yeah. And... Um, you know, the Canberra, the Canberra home final, which was the first time the club had a home final in 2002. And, yeah, um, right. you know, that was a packed house. And it's a bit of a digressing a little bit, but I um, I had my full driver's license um, test the day before that, that, that Canberra game at Mount Smart or Ericsson. <laughs> so, 
it was funny because the the driver, the driving instructor, was a Warriors fan. So, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. so we're yeah, yeah, we're we're talking. Uh, I'm not too sure why I planned it like that, but we're you know on the eve of probably you know my the biggest club game that I've ever played in. You know, I'm having my full driver's <laughs> license test. So, but it was um, luckily it was a good experience. We were just talking shop, and and I was driving him around. So, nice. and I managed to get my full license anyway. So that helped. Yeah. Uh, nice just story. just pack over here, Motu. Yeah, you've got <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sign up, done. And uh, my wife, uh, my wife sort of gives me a little bit of stick because um, uh, I actually had some tickets in the car that weren't being used. So. I, w- I didn't bribe him. I just offered it to him after. <laughs> <laughs> so he, you know, he saw me. Uh, he saw me perform in the car. You know that uh, to get my driver's license, and then he see me. I uh, had to do my day job. You know the next day. So no, it was good. Yeah, it was, it was a funny experience. Oh, nice man. Wow. <laughs> man. Oh, pulled out the old ticket trick. I like that. Oh, I know. It's. Uh, I, w- I didn't bribe him actually. I didn't bribe. I gave it to him after. You know, so. I can just imagine. Oh, those tickets. Oh. Just to clarify, not a bribe. <laughs> oh, man, I bet you made his day, eh? I'm pretty sure he would have told that story a few times. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, yeah, he kept his job for a little while. Jeez. Hopefully, I didn't <laughs> So, you also played a couple of games for the Broncos, eh, before spending quite a few years in the in the Super League? Yeah. How different? How different was that for you compared to playing in the NRL? So the Broncos was a funny one. Um, I uh, I remember, um, you know, I decided to, you know, I was going to leave the Warriors or um, the Warriors sort of told me that um, I could leave if I wanted to because I had uh, two years left with the Warriors. So, you know, my thinking was, uh, you know, if the club didn't want me, then I'll just move on. So I remember uh, the UK was always at the fore- forefront of where I was going to go to and, uh Still remember it like it was yesterday. Um, I'm going to, you know, in those days, you had to go into places to pay a bill rather than, you know, paying it mm-hmm. online and, you know, things like that. So, you know, I was going to pay a, a Sky bill actually, and, um, you know, I I go to Sky and then my phone rings and it's uh it's this old old fella with a you know Australian accent and it's Wayne Bennett. You know, he rings me, mm-hmm. so um, you know, I tell him he knows, you know. Rugby league's a small circle, eh? And it's even smaller when Wayne Bennett knows that you're going to the UK. So, you know, he mm-hmm. tells me rather than going to the UK straight away, you know, to come to Brisbane and uh, see if I like it. And if I if I don't, then, you know, I can I can go to the UK. So <laughs> I end up going to Brisbane um, and I go there and I play three games, but then I get injured. And uh, there used to be a criteria, you know, um, in that time where uh, if you don't play so many games, you can't get a visa to get to the UK. So I was in, in danger um, if I spent more time out with injury, but also if I can't make the Brisbane side of uh, missing out on that criteria. So that's how why I decided to, to take up that UK offer just to sort of um, secure my future, but also help pay some of my parents' bills back in New Zealand. Oh, be careful next time you go onto your online banking, you might get another call from Wayne for next year. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I wouldn't mind, um, you know, the uh, the Queensland uh, weather that that he'll be uh, sort of in yeah. when he's you know coaching the Dolphins. But no, that was um, it was a real great experience to be in Brisbane and to work with Wayne and 
you know, uh, Gordon Tallis, Darren Lockyer, Shane Webke, you know, the likes of those fellas, you know, they're um, fantastic guys. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And you also played uh, rep footy for the Kiwis, obviously, including that epic uh, 2005 Tri Nations win. So, as a supporter, that was pretty special. How was it uh, the experience for you? How did you find it as a player? Yeah, it was, um, yeah, 2005 was a special year. Yeah, um, you know, Brian McLennan had sort of got the job and he was as passionate as they come as a Kiwi. But um, just all things came together. You know, we had some senior pros, uh, you know, Nigel, Vangana, Ruben Wiki, Stacey Jones. And then you had, you know, some younger guys. You know, we had Manu Vatavai, Louis Anderson. And uh, I guess we were, we were sort of in our early 20s, so quite young as well. And um, there was just a strong sense of belief that, you know, instead of um, always being the, you know, the little brother to, you know, the Aussies and the English or Great Britain, you know, we could give these guys a real fright. And I remember the, um, you know, we went to the Rugby League Museum in the UK in Huddersfield and uh, after training and they, we had to wait on the bus for a little while and we didn't know why we were waiting. And uh, then it, the news came back to us that they had no Kiwis or New Zealand things in the whole, um, in the museum, the Rugby League Museum. So they were busy, you know, rushing around to try oh. and find something that was New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, that was New Zealand. <laughs> so, and, um, and the other thing that sort of motivated us even more was that um, wow. they had made no arrangements for us um, beyond our last game mm. of the Tri-Nations tournament. Oh. So, you know... So there was no hotel or, you know, nothing for the oh, Kiwis. So we had a lot of motivation, you know, that year to, you know, I guess show them, yeah, show them that we deserved a bit more respect. So, you know, that final 24-0. And we, we talk about it as players now. Like it wasn't until like, say, the 75th minute, we were like, I think we're going to win this. You know, because Australia, <laughs> they, they always come back, eh? You know, you mm-hmm. can never... So it was like 75th minute, we're like, I think we're going to win this because the whole game were like, these guys could come back, they could score, mm. you know, four or five tries, six tries, just like that. So once we, once that Huda win, it was just relief. Yeah, relief. It's bringing back the memories, awesome. eh? I remember that. Jeez, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. And the party was really good too. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. Now, um, you're nowadays um, working uh, with the New Zealand Rugby League as uh, general manager of high performance. So in your role, run us through that, bro. Like, um, are you on the phone to the Kiwis boys saying, make the effing final or what's the story? <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, just real, I guess real privilege to be in the, the role that I, that I'm in. And it's, mm. for me, it's, uh, because I've sort of journeyed along that pathway that's got me, you know, to the Warriors and the Kiwis and, you know, play professional footy. It's my role now to sort of provide that same pathway, but not only for people that want to play professional rugby league, but people that want to play rugby league and experience it, whether it's uh, a manager or a coach or a trainer, you know, referee. So that's what I'm uh, charged with is, you know, providing opportunities for, you know, the participants in New Zealand uh, to, you know, enjoy rugby league and for some of them to hopefully make a career out of it and, I enjoy, you know, seeing, um, you know, young people play rugby league because I know what the game can do for them, you know, whether it's a professional career, but, you know, it's, it helps give them tools to be successful in life and whatever chosen career they, they choose to do. And, 
you know, and I also get to, you know, to, um, rub shoulders with guys and, um, you know, the young women that are playing for the Kiwis or Kiwi Ferns, you know, NRL and NRLW. So, you know, that's, yeah, very lucky that um, as my mates, my mates say, who I've played with at Maris Rugby League, uh, I get paid to watch Rugby League. So it's not bad, is it? The dream. <laughs> the dream. Not bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome, bro. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. We're really, really grateful that uh, you spent your time chatting to us. Nobody's on a Sunday night. Uh, but, uh, but best of luck as well for the for the new role. And, um, you know, hey, who, who knows? You could be, uh, could be helping... Lead the Warriors at some stage to a final <laughs> as, uh, as well. <laughs> hey, and uh, you know, we uh, when the Warriors do get to the promised land, mate, we'll need to get together, right, and uh, and have a one big party. Eh? Oh hell yeah! And, oh, you uh, heard it. Yeah, yeah. And we'll crack uh, over on the DB bitters. Yeah, yeah. We we've got a lot of uh, humble pie to serve those who have been giving us a lot of stick eh, for these years of pain. So much. <laughs> oh, but good to I can't chat. wait for this party. Yeah, good to chat, fellas, and uh, keep up awesome. the good work. Eh? Uh, thank you very much. Thank awesome. you. Bro. Thank you so much, Cheers, bro. Matu. Yeah. Take care. Matu. Man, some awesome insights there from Motu Tony. Really, really cool stuff. Great to get an insight from, you know, what it's like to be a Warriors player, but also seeing things, you know, from a, a business perspective as well. That's, um, that's really cool. Um, speaking of business, we're back down to business next week against the Newcastle Knights. Warriors are back at, well, the home turf for now, the Morton Daly Stadium in Redcliffe, uh, taking on the Knights next Saturday. So, Daniel, what are we going to expect from our boys? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> no, couldn't say that. Um, oh. Couldn't say that with a straight face, AJ. <laughs> We've got some troops coming back. Who we got? Uh, well, this talk, CHT should be available. Uh, he was in the wider squad. You think Jesse Arthurs is ready to go? He was 18th man as well. Um, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen in the in the propping department as well. Um, so, look, I think... Both teams aren't travelling fantastically well. Um, we have points in us. They've got points in us. We both like tries as well. So for for the winner of this game, it, it could go a long way of um, just rebuilding some confidence. So, um, and not all doom and gloom. You know, there were some good things. You know, there's some good things we did. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit more upbeat since uh, Motu turned up and uh, lightened the mood as well. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be back. We've had a, a taste of the glory. Now we want some more. Moneta, what do you want to see from our boys? Close to 80-minute performance and just cutting out those errors and just making those right decisions, I guess, is just to keep it simple. And, um, yeah, just at those last 30 minutes or last 20 minutes of every game, and let's kind of clean it up a bit more. And um, I think we have a good chance of winning against the Knights if we do that. Just thinking as well, big picture, Um <laughs> for next season, uh, we'll be coming up against our new recruit, Mitch Barnett. Mm. Bows down, mate. Um, oh, Spoony, yes. what do you expect to see from him point. and the Knights? Yeah, look, I think uh, Mitch has been playing well. I didn't see him play on the weekend, but uh, just some of his fantasy uh, stats were, were pretty epic again. He's been doing well, so is Frizzell, um, Clemmer. You know, I think their forwards are really going to come at us, and that's where we're going to have to step up big time. The boys... Hopefully, BMM, you know, be able to put some more minutes in and be some muscle up front. 
And I think you know, Jazz keep going out there doing what he's doing. I don't know what we're going to do with AFB if he's uh, out long term. But uh, yeah, boys have really got to step up and hold that middle strong. And I think if they can do that and they'll provide the, the back some room, then I, you know, I think we're in with a chance. Hard or nah, bro? Are we going to win? Hard. Oh, good. Moneta, hard or nah? No, actually, I'll do Moneta last. He's usually the most controversial. Uh, Buddha, hard or nah? Hard. Hard. Yeah, no, hard. But look, it, to be honest, it, 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 I need auto tune over here. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, no, hard because, look, Mr. Warriors, man, like anything can happen. That's right. There's a song in that too. Ellie Golden. Anyways, uh, Monitor, hard or nah, bro? <laughs> My mind's telling me no, oh. but my body's telling me yes. <laughs> oh, no. So I'm going to go, yeah, okay. Hey, yes. You were wrong last but week, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, say, I'll say yes. Um, yeah, yeah, hard. But my brain, <laughs> hard. I'll, I'll stick with hard. I just don't know what to think hard. anymore. Yes, what's what's going on with our team? What is going on with this podcast? What's going on with our team? I have no idea, but this has been fun. Warriors Anonymous done for another week. My name is Jared Cronin. On behalf of the boys, Daniel Farakura, Jared Wood, Money to Sauce, we're going to bounce on out of here. Go, the Warriors! Go, the Warriors! Let's go! <laughs>